So welcome to this episode of BGP Connects. I'm Tracy Pollard, founding partner and MD of Bruce Kidding and Pollard, who are leading property retail and restaurant agents. With me today is Thea Rowe, who works across the London portfolio, and she connects restaurateurs and landlords and secures some of the city's most exciting new openings. So Thea, when we reported back in 2020 in our annual trends presentation, we saw real growth in the number of vegetarian restaurants and requirements we were seeing across London. We also separately highlighted the growth in the number of new emerging makeup brands which were focusing on being vegetarian and vegan. Brands such as Sister & Co, Milk, Makeup, um, all of these were looking at, at doing pop-ups in the future. And now 18 months on, and we've seen that these trends don't seem to be going away. And in fact, they seem to be being heightened, um, I guess, particularly with the growing concerns regarding the environment and the number of people who are part-time vegetarians or flexitarians seem to be on the rise. There are currently 2% of the UK population who are vegans, which is 1.36 million people, which is a rise from 0.25% in 2014. And also 7.2 million British adults currently follow a meat-free diet. And what I think is really interesting, though, is that we're also seeing this dramatic increase in number of vegans um, or non-vegans or vegetarians who are choosing to eat plant-based meals. Mm. And it seems that many of us are keen to reduce our meat intake and often choose to do this by adopting sort of a veggie diet through the week. Um, this is supported by some research that I saw actually a couple of weeks ago from Pragma. Um, and they were sort of showing that the number of non-vegans was growing. Um, and that it was really starting to support vegan products. And it was with an estimated 92% of plant-based meals consumed in 2018 were eaten by non-vegans. I think it's really interesting to see how that pattern continues when they're, with their next update on this, on this research. And this trend is more popular amongst those aged between 18 and 34, indicating a generalised sort of shift in thinking and and probably more of a long-term move towards more plant-based consumption, which has to be good for the environment and suggests that this is probably a long-term change rather than a sort of temporary one. Yeah, and I know know actually when um, Fact, the Ui Vegan, who are um, a vegan fast food uh, restaurant, and... um, when we we were looking at Brixton and we did a tasting session there and Dom, Dom, Dom from the office came down and tried the food and I would say he, Jim and Woody in fact, both meat eaters um, and actually Dom loved it and has gone on to um, sort of when he's been living in Brighton or spent some time in Brighton has um, gone to Ui Vegan on quite a number of occasions because it just, um, well yeah, it, it's delicious food on it in, in its own right never mind the fact that it's vegan I think that's the thing that's really changed doesn't it and from a chef's mm. perspective it should be I would imagine it's quite exciting to be able to to cook vegetarian food now because it, it's seen much more creatively mm. um and you have to sort of you know no longer is it the sort of penny pa- pasta sort of option that it used to be sort of 20 years ago now yeah. it's something that really is um you know a staple on, on every menu so um, what does this mean then, I guess, for sort of the property market and, and our clients? And how do we best advise our landlords and developers when it comes to sort of looking at this trend? I guess many of our projects, we have sort of guidelines, which we set out criteria for each estate. And when it comes to looking at sort of new brands, 
And certainly one requirement, which I think is fundamental across a lot of our estates, is that the need to ensure that each new operator includes on their menu um, a wide range of vegetarian dishes. Some clients even go one step further and ensure there's at least one vegetarian restaurant within their estate. But I guess that depends on the size of their portfolio. And actually, it's going beyond the food now, isn't it? And we're seeing operators look quite closely at sustainability of their fit outs um, and incorporating vegan policies into their um, designs and sort of packaging as well. So actually, landlords should be aware of this when their design policies and and I know Shaftesbury actually are quite aware of it with um you have to I think as part of um the process when you're leasing something with Shaftesbury you have to show how you are sort of hitting certain sustainability and recycled packaging and and I, with that I suppose that shows um there's also some vegan packaging as well. I think that those types of questions and and are really important for a landlord to ask now because it's the types mm. of things that a younger demographic, but certainly that 18 to sort of 34 year old that we talked mm. about at the beginning, that's what they're looking at from their their, te- from their um, sort of brands that they want to, to eat and, and, and shop with. Definitely. One of those tenants that we've come across quite a lot though this year, um, I guess is Mildred's. Um, and according to their webpage, it has been serving um, inspired plant-based deliciousness in London for over 30 years. I think that's pretty amazing that um, a, a restaurant lasts that long and, and still feels sort of young and fresh and, and so current. Okay. Uh, but then to see it sort of evolve and, and change as it has over the last 12 months, pivoted with, with new sort of meal kits and, and the like, I think has been really interesting. So we met up with Sam and Steve, their MD, and talked through with them the growth in vegetarianism in the UK and explore how they take on and evolve um, such a well-known business without alienating their core customers. And without dwelling on the dreaded COVID word too much, we talked also about how the business has pivoted and have used the last 18 months to grow and, and develop. So um, at BGP, we're really lucky that we get to meet so many interesting people on a daily basis. And it's one of the best bits of um, my job, which I really enjoy. And one day you could be meeting a small independent operator and the next it could be an international uh, fashion house looking for a London flagship. But what I really love the most is meeting the people who have invested so much in their business and that their passion shines through. So when I met our guest today, Sam Anstey, the MD of Mildred's, um, I was hooked. Uh, Sam's enthusiasm for his company is infectious. Uh, and I think combined with my own personal interest in the sort of trend for vegetarian and vegan food and its, its sudden growth, I thought Sam would make the perfect guest for one of our first podcasts. So Sam, perhaps um, there are some listeners who might have had not been fortunate enough yet to have discovered Mildred's. Um, how would you describe the business and, and your role within it? Firstly, thanks for having me. Um, excited to be here. Uh, how would I describe the business? Well, Mildred's is the iconic plant-based vegan business you know, launched in the 80s. It's a 33-year-old business, um, way before vegan yeah. and plant-based was a trend. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, the, the best way to describe us is that we don't have any agenda. We're, we're an old-school restaurant that you know, delivers great food and great service. It just happens to be plant-based. Um, and I think actually one of our investors described Mildred's the best to me, which was that they were a group of vegan young kids growing up in London. And in, in the days where they were vegan, they, they, 
there, there were, you know, restaurants had a token vegan dish on the menu. You'd have a bean burger or a salad yes. or just there for the sake of being vegan. And all their friends, meat-eating friends would say, oh, come, we're going to this restaurant tonight. I'm sure we'll find something for you. You know, and they ended up always having a bowl of chips or a salad. And until they discovered Mildred's, which was an abundance of vegan food, you know, and suddenly, and then they use the word freedom, which I love, you know, suddenly this freedom of coming into a restaurant and being able to have this choice, you know, uh, and not, you know, not leaving thinking uh, there was only a little bit for me or whatever, you know, real abundance of, of great food. Yeah, I guess they felt they were kind of hard done by uh, in it's other restaurants. Segregated in a way, I think. Yeah. I think actually you don't realize how much so until you, you hear from somebody who's grown up their whole life struggling to find a, an enjoyable central London restaurant that, that is just in abundance. Yeah. You know? So I think that that's the one thing is that it's freedom, you know, for people that can now have whatever they want in choice. It appeals to all variety of people, generations, religious groups, people that are vegan for as in a trend, you know, people that have been vegan their whole lives. Or people so, like me who just try and not eat meat during certain parts of the week. And there's a, and there's a lot of people like you now yeah. trying to eat less meat. You know, environmental concerns are massive at the moment. You know, people are tr are conscious of how much animal product they're eating. You know, and and we can you know, the best. The best experience I have is when I bring meat-eating people to Mildred's and, and they're like, oh God, do we have to go to a vegan restaurant? And they end up thinking, I can't believe what I've just had. That was incredible. I could live like this if yeah. I could eat like this every day. Yeah, yeah, no, that must be so satisfying. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, actually, you know, this is, this is an easy option for every single day, but you just haven't discovered it yet. And this is your special special occasion to kind of find something exciting which then becomes a staple I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And and then I think success of any restaurant business to me is simplicity of hospitality and good food. Yeah. Right? And I think if you strip everything away, if we can continue with that, I think that is the the key to unlocking successful future. Maintaining that as we grow, maintaining that in all the sites. The same experience we get in so over the last thirty three years we would continue with. Well, I think I was sort of saying to you before that the, the level of reviews, the consistency of service is something that always comes up um, yeah. and is, is amazing, particularly for a restaurant that is 30 years old. It's a yeah. real challenge to, be yeah. able to keep that consistency. And, and survived, you know, many more, I mean, nobody's experienced something like COVID no. in their lifetimes, but it's experienced waves of issues in the past and it's always maintained and it's always... It's always been been there, you know. It, it's a it's a really it's a real gem, Mildred's. So you've come in fairly recently, though. Yeah, December um, nineteen. Yes, which I guess feels like a hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Different world back then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and your background is been in restaurants, so for a good twenty years or so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I worked um, predominantly in the giraffe business, building the giraffe business, and we sold it at about sixty-seven restaurants to Tesco's around two thousand and thirteen. And do you think Mildred's has scoped to be that sort of scale, or is it more London and neighbourhood? What's the plan? Mildred's is independent and unique. You know, I don't like the word chain. I think you know, if you go into any Mildred's restaurant now, it is very unique. It's very independent, uh, and we've got to maintain that. You know, I, I would rather be in key London neighbourhoods 
um, and grow cautiously. You know, my mentor always said to me, one customer at a time. Forget about taking over the world. Make sure that every customer coming to the restaurant is having the Mildred's experience. And I think that that is the plan. Slowly and not aggressively, cautiously, and, uh, and do it well. Maintain the level of compliments you see on, on TripAdvisor and Google yeah. and all of those. You know, get the reviews consistent as we grow them. You know. And each of the restaurant has its own personality? Completely. I mean, every, um, every restaurant is unique, every restaurant is different. Personal favorite, you know, is Soho. Is it? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think it, it represents the old Soho. Yes. You, you're in Lexington Street, which is like a quite quaint little street. A lot of people don't, you know, miss it, but it's got such a big personality in it. You know, you've got Andrew Edmonds, you've got Mildred, and it just represents that old, old school Soho townhouse. Yeah. You know. I love the fact that you can feel the vibrancy and energy of the restaurant in the first floor as much as you do in the ground floor. And that's a really difficult thing to achieve, I think. Yeah. It, it, we've just done a minor refurb, you know, painting and just upgrading it a little bit. And uh, I think we've done very well because we've kept that old school yeah. feeling. You know, whether you're in the private dining area, when you're on the first floor room, the artwork and the colour and everything, it, it lends itself to... You don't, you don't feel like you've just had a refurb and everything's brand new. It feels still quite quirky. Yeah. As well as a sneaky email um, press announcement about a new concept, though, something uh, in Barramar, in Barriard. So yeah. what are you doing there? No, not in Barriard. Oh. In, in Barramar. We're on Cathedral, on the corner of Cathedral Street in Winchester Ward. Amazing two-floor building uh, with every window overlooks Southwark Cathedral. Yeah. It's got these incredible views of Southwark Cathedral. Right. Uh, and with Borough Market, they, um, we, we had to create a new concept for Borough Market. Uh, and, uh, and that's where, you know, that's one of my favorite things to have created concepts in the past for airports and for Giraffe, we created different concepts. So it was exciting and we created a sustainable, zero waste, um, mallow is the name of the concept. Yes. Mallow is actually a vegetable where you can eat flower, root, to, to eat the whole thing. Oh, hence so, the sustainability element. Right? Sustainability yeah. plus the plant element, yeah. plus the link to Borough Market, plus um, the M for Mildreds, we, we kept right. it in line. Um, so we're, we're, you know, we're promoting it as, as um, Mallow by Mildreds. You know, right. we, you will find a very, there will be similarities in the menu, but um, that opens, hopefully, Pending no more lockdowns or anything else, but uh, first of November or mid-November, we'll, we'll likely open that, and, and it's going to be spectacular. Really. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, we just have the opportunity to, you know, put all our creative brains together, and we've got a really fantastic team, and uh, start a concept from scratch, which is uh, very exciting. You know, I think that uh, there isn't a plant-based specific concept in Borough Market. That's amazing, and, isn't it? And I think Borough Market, when we did a lot of research, was heavily kind of meat cheese, yes. wine, and I think we can add a different element to that, you know, in terms of wines, and it's going to be small plates and big plates and a lot of sharing, but it's really good. Well, I think, I guess, the number of growing vegetarians and vegans who are young, sort of, you know, up to 25, 30, that's where the growth is coming, isn't it? So actually that's good for Borough Market to get that new kind of consumer coming in. Well, so you've got that element, that kind of uh, customer base, but you've also got a massive tourist customer yeah. base. 
you know, we're very searchable. Um, you know, people are looking for plant-based restaurants, and we can take that box. Plus, you've got residential. Plus, you've got office-based. Yes. You know, customers are there. So I think it's a good, and, and plus, it's about a market. It's yeah. you know, international food, you know, market very well known, and it's very exciting to be there. Yeah. You know, the sites that's incredible. It's going to be beautiful. So is that an example of how at 30, you're kind of 30 plus years, you're, you're trying to evolve the business? Yeah, I think the evolution of Mildreds is we want to open some more Mildreds. We want, um, you know, it's a great product. People love it. We've got some really diehard fans. I think that, that opening up in, in key London areas would be useful and, and great to them. You know, yeah. I think, you know, I think we, historically have been leaders in the plant-based market and I think there's a lot of competition coming into that space right now. Uh, we need to maintain that and we need to you know, be creative, be innovative and, and, uh, and I think that by this Mallow project has really shown the diversity of the team and what we can all do if we put our minds to it and, and, and it seems a bit unstoppable right now except for <laughs> COVID, you know, if it wasn't for any, any um, kind of uh, delays I think there's such exciting opportunities for us. You know, this will be a real test to see how well we, we can evolve in, in, in doing that. But even when we've been in the restaurant, there are, there are small things which I'm sure take well, take forever, but the changes of the crockery and the, you've got some beautiful glassware, um, yeah. those types of things are all just elevating the restaurant so I guess you can serve a, a higher price point of wine and, and things like that. So it becomes a slightly, it just changes the the experience. Yeah, this you know, it's, it's one of these things in a restaurant. Everything matters. Yes. You know, every every touch point matters. So during lockdown, it was one of the things we did was complete relook at everything. You know, every single dish, every single bit of crockery. How can we invest in better glassware? How can we invest in better hand soap and, and creams in the toilets? Just looking at all the touch points. You know, I think that uh, and and identifying and defining what it is we are and how we want to go. It's not it, to me. We haven't increased any pricing, and, and I don't plan on it. I think that, you know, it's a, it's a real difficult time for some people. Now. Yes. And, and, and also, my thing is pay good pricing, be blown away with the value that you'll get in the portion, you know. And the minute you start going over their blind, it gets very difficult to achieve that. Yes, much better to get people to have a great experience and talk about it and then come back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, pricing for me is, is very is a very sensitive topic. Yeah, no, no definitely. I won't increase. Although difficult at this time when you've got so many sort of staff costs increases in the industry generally, and obviously rates is, is sort of talked about a lot, and, and Brexit costs. So yeah. challenging, I guess. It is challenging, but you've got to think long term for the business. You know, as I said, it's an exciting space for us now. The time is now for plant yes. based food. It's an exciting business. It's not about being greedy. It's about you know winning long-term customers. That's the way I see it. Yeah. You know? Yes. So the next thirty years that they're there with their grandchildren. And Absolutely, and, and it's a good example from our investors. You know, in their teens, they were eating at Mordred's. Yeah. They now bring their families and friends and guests to Mordred's when they're older. Yeah. It's a business for life. It does very much feel that, that you have that breadth of audience or customer in there. Um, look around. When you're, in a, when you're in a Mildred's next time, look around at, you know, you've got an Asian family, a Jewish family, young, cool, you know, piercings and tattoos. Yeah. And you've just got like a, a, 
an amazing variety of people. It's not just aimed at one at one demographic. Yeah, and I can't think of many restaurants that kind of can fall into that category. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. It is really interesting. It makes it so special. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, one of the questions. Somebody who's been in the industry for so long, I thought it would be interesting to ask you about one of your favourite restaurants um, and where that might be. And if you could take you know a couple of guests with you, who would they be? They could be dead or alive. Favourite restaurants? Uh, I've got so many. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it's a hard one. I, I, um, I, I, I go to Israel often, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Tel Aviv has um, some fantastic restaurants. <laughs> the creativity and, and the produce, the freshness of the produce there is... I've never had anything like it. Really? The sort of the, the fresh, the taste, you can almost sort of taste the sunshine. It's so. uh, the tomato tastes yeah. like a tomato, oh, you know? Lovely. It doesn't taste sometimes, sometimes you can have a tomato here and it's a bit bland. Yes. There you, you've, it's just the flavor. So yeah. when you're using fresh ingredients, already whatever you do is, is much better, but they use a lot of like herbs. There's a lot of fresh herbs, lemon, uh, mint, you know, stuff like that, that they, they put into the uh, food and it's amazing. There's a Guji and Danielle restaurant, which is um, a phenomenal restaurant, like set up in one of the, uh, it's like a moshav, like a farm, and it overlooks all these lemon trees. And oh, it, it's a, it's okay. like, you could be in California, but unbelievable. Um, so yes, I think the question about who I would bring, uh, whether they're alive, dead, uh, you know. Yeah, and I'm assuming it's not family, because obviously that would be your first choice. Well, it is family, yeah. well, interesting, because the, you know, I think that the, the the first person I would choose to, to have dinner with would be, you know, my uh, mentor and um, business partner, previous business partner, and uh, you know, was Russell Jaffe. He, yeah. he um, founded the giraffe chain, and we worked closely together. And then after giraffe, I went on and worked on a business with him, and he sadly passed away. But uh, there's not a decision or a time or an experience that I have that I don't think about how he would have dealt with it or, you know, I've, I've just worked with him for so long. So, it, it, and I think that I, I keep looking at achievements that I have made myself and looking back saying, I wish I could tell him about that oh, because it would, be, it would be very, he would be very proud, you know. I don't know what he'd make of this COVID situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I would imagine, I only met him a few times, but I do think he would probably be in, there would be a lot of uh, innovation and he would have used it as a, uh, and, you know, like you did, used it as a very positive time to actually create things from it as well. He was a phenomenal human being, I mean, and, and um, creative, and uh, he had such tenacity. Yeah. So yes, he wouldn't have given up. No, <laughs> no way. Uh, but he, you know, he would have been. He was. Yeah, he was brilliant. So in terms of him. Uh, so that's uh, somebody in your career who's been there, and you, you now sort of say, okay, what would Russell have done here? Yeah, you know what? Well, sometimes I feel like I want to pick up the phone and go, yeah. "Oh, you can't believe what's happening today." <laughs> <laughs> the restaurant's gone into the third lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> and who else would I take? And another thought actually was uh, was a good one. Uh, I was thinking about who would I dine with in a restaurant, like you know, famous person. One person came to mind was Albert Einstein, right? Okay. I'll give you a reason. Yeah. I'll give you a reason because actually we related. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wrote it down. Hold on, I'm going to tell you. We are. He's my sixth great uncle's first cousin, four times removed. <laughs> hey, he could be my cousin. I could be that relationship. No, we're close. We're tight. <laughs> so you know, he and he was a famous vegetarian, and uh, yeah, well, exactly. And, and one of the things again, I've written down that he said 
because nothing will benefit human health and increase the chances for survival of life on Earth as much as the evolution to a vegetarian diet. Wow. And I think like, if you think about the thought of that so many years ago, yeah. to how relevant that is today, it's pretty incredible. I know, that because is amazing. I personally believe that in 30 years time, we will look back at the relationship that we had with eating animal product to where it will be. I don't think it will be the same uh, as it is today. Do you think we still will, but just very minimal? I think it will be extremely minimal. Minimal. It will be, you know, it, I think you're, t you're talking about somebody who is not historically vegan and is now 90% vegan. Mm. And understanding the thought that I have every time I see animal product being cooked now from being subconsciously not even being aware of it, yes. really. I'm now much more aware, and I'm also aware of the generation that's coming out yes. in terms of the increase in programs on Netflix, conspiracy, yeah. uh, um, all these programs. Yeah. It's, it's starting to be more evident. Climate change is, if you talk to somebody coming out of high school, university today, environmental conditions are far more of an issue than it was when, say, I was coming out of university. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's only going to get worse. And I think that the, the, the understanding of Treat how we treat and cook animals in relation to, to the environment will be a key factor as to how that plant-based chain, you know, trend will increase for sure. It's interesting because I think when I came out of university, it would be much more about the in, how the animal had been treated, and that's why lots of vegetarians perhaps went into being vegetarian because they'd seen sort of factory farm chickens sort of yeah. programs and things. So, it's really, do you think it's really shifted away to being much more about the environment as Completely, well? Completely, yeah. I think that we're, you know, we're overpopulated yeah. and yeah. we're, we're overeating yeah. you know, in, in a way. Um, you know, I'm not an activist in any way or, or anything like that. I just do believe that there is a real conscious shift of how we look and treat and eat animals and I think that will change. I think in 30 years time we'll look back and, and you see it's people like Richard Branson yes. now are saying that, that we, we, we will look back thinking we can't believe what we used to do. I know, you know? yeah. And, and you're getting more and more of these people that say things like that and I can, I can feel the shift now working with plant-based food every single day. Yeah. I've seen, you've seen the junk food space. Yes. You've seen, the, you know, that, that people is, do want to have the McDonald's the five guys, they just don't want to eat the animal. Yes. And therefore you're getting the meat burgers and the, you know, the owie burgers and the, you're getting the, yes. the, the, the copy of a meat product. Yeah. And also I guess um, in supermarkets some of their biggest growth sectors are the non, the, the plant-based products, the non-meat Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. But how great for somebody that's been vegan or vegetarian. Oh, yeah. Like, like it's, it's a dream now. You yeah. go into a supermarket got a choice of like 50 different worlds. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> well, that's unless you live in the sticks, which I do during the weekends. And um, that's where I think the delivery and the meal kits can kind of come into their own. And yeah. it, it was interesting to see how you guys pivoted and, and took on some of that during COVID. And I'm intrigued to see if it's a, a long-term thing or whether it's kind of in the next two or three years it will kind of die its death and, and you'll just be focused on the restaurants. But um, I'm guessing delivery particularly is a, a great revenue stream, particularly during those sort of quieter months when we're not wanting to go out so much. I mean, absolutely. I, d Deliveroo for us, um, I think even Deliveroo, I, I've done um, 
a, few, a session under Leverue because I think they were so impressed with how Mildred's increased over the lockdowns. Yeah. You know, so I think Deliveroo, and it has maintained, you know, we're still doing Deliveroo. In fact, it's, it's at the stage now where we've really got to ensure the service isn't disrupted, you know, in a, in a lot of restaurants because it, yeah. it didn't kind of drop down as indoor dining increased. So Deliveroo's been amazing for us. Meal kits, we do, and we've been doing in lockdown, we've done a lot of things <laughs> in lockdown, but meal, you know, we did the Sri Lankan, famous Sri Lankan um, dish, yep. the curry, and we've done our kimchi fried chicken vegan. I've got that coming tomorrow. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Okay, let me know. All right, good. <laughs> um, and uh, and, they, and they, they were selling well, you know, during lockdown. They dipped, you know, I think now that we've reopened, yeah. I think that generally from what I speak to people, it was kind of a lockdown experience. A lot, of, a lot more people were, now I think they'd just rather go to the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially our customers. Um, but we, we're continuing to do them, and, and in fact, we, you know, we now do make-at-home cocktail kits. Um, I missed that one. I should have got that as well. You should have got that one. <laughs> well, you should definitely. Well, it's, it's obviously been centric, because I have to one in you. But we're doing your, you know, your own cocktail kits at home. We're doing celebration cakes now. So you can order a vegan, completely vegan, and you can have it gluten-free. You know, wow. and, and you can't believe these cakes. Incredible. And you can have your own message put on top of them. And because uh, we, we get we get so many requests. Yes, for, of course. You know, because actually, it's a, you've got to think about it, if you're vegan vegetarian, you want to have a cake at home. It's hard to get a, a, yeah. a vegan cake. Yeah, um, really hard. And Sarah, who's our, our head of food development, very very brilliant, and she's um, she's come up with these cakes, which are phenomenal. So many opportunities, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. So, have you thought about the Mildred's? Um, sort of, you know, like. Some of the other restaurants where you can like Oaxaca, you can get them the kits or the bits and waitrose. You go in and either it's the sauces and the, all so, those types of bits. Yeah, we, we so we make everything yeah fresh uh, and we make it ourselves. We're in, we're in complete control of the ingredients and also all our sauces, which are great. You know, whatever we use, whether it be aiolis or dressings, it's all made by us. And uh, and we've um, thought you know about how we take that to the next stage because it's such a good product and, yeah. and how do we you know bottle and so I think it will come you know I think we, we've made huge progress this year um, we got out of it well you know uh, and we've got a few key sites to open that we want to we want to focus on and then I think yes we will definitely be looking at kind of a retail option for sure yeah I guess that's one of the problems there are so many opportunities at the moment that you've got to kind of make sure you don't get carried away and you keep focused. You, you've got to be careful, yeah. You've got to be careful. I, I can see it, you know. It's, if there's a massive recruitment issue yeah. in the UK at the moment, you know, there are people, but it's a lot harder to find them uh, and, you know, keep them. We, we're fortunate in, in a way because a lot of the staff that work for us work for us because they're vegan. Yeah, so, of course. And where else do they go? Exactly. So actually, a lot of them work, work for us for a little bit more than what they pay. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a reason to it. So, We've been lucky in that aspect. We've got to open a new restaurant now, and that will be a test to see how easy and well it is to staff. But I um, guess because you've got that longevity of staff, they also want to grow and develop their careers. So these new restaurants, that gives new opportunity for some of those guys too. Yeah, to it's, it's an amazing opportunity for these guys. Yeah. yeah. It's an, it's an, the time is now, and, and it's a great bus to be on, Yeah. You know, I feel. We've got some great people as well. So I, I actually love the fact that we're opening another restaurant. And we can give them the opportunity. I just don't want to get carried away because I know, I know what it's like opening 
a lot of restaurants yes. in, in a year. And, and I know what that, that can do to a brand and how hard it is for, to maintain that brand. You know? Yeah, that consistency is key, isn't it? Keeping it going. Um, and I guess once you start taking three, four restaurants at a time, then that becomes impossible to, really difficult exactly. to Exactly, do one, do it well. If, if it's fantastic and successful, brilliant. Yeah. If it needs work, let's go back and challenge it. And you know, every area of that business until we get that to where we want it to be. So one of the things I was thinking about when I, I look at vegetarian food is, and particularly those burgers and the, the, the sausages and things, they all feel, and you get a lot of talk about them being full of salts and um, preservatives, and, and generally they're not always seen as healthy as you kind of might think a, a vegetarian option might be. Is that something that you're always trying to challenge and, and make sure that you've got a, a well-balanced menu? Yeah, so I think there's two things there. Yeah. You know, one is kind of salt and sugars in a vegan, yeah, in a vegan menu. Um, so you know, we we have options on our menu which are refined sugar free. Like we've got a pad thai, and generally a vegan pad thai. A lot of other businesses will use things like brown sugar or ketchup to try and get that flavour. Whereas a non-vegan pad thai might have fish sauce in or something yeah. like that that has a lot of salty flavour already. So we would use like a refined coconut sugar, you know, in looking at a dish like that. So I think we do do that. There, there is a lot of dishes that you can indulge in, in Mildred's as well. Yeah. You know, our, we've, our desserts are, to oh. me, like, incredible. You know, I still yeah. can't believe these are vegan. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, but they're indulgent dishes, you know. We, we'll often have refined sugar-free kind of um, options, but generally it's a well-balanced menu. We try and balance it a little bit for everyone. I think when it comes to the meat products, that the, the vegan products that are trying to replicate a meat product, yes. often people are trying to just look for that flavor, that meat flavor. Meat is salty. It does require a lot of that flavor, you know, to make it, to, to get it to that comparable taste yeah. that people are looking for, the grease, the salt, etc. But, you know, but um, we don't do a lot of mock meat product as such. You know, we've got our own soya chicken yes. in inverted commas uh, the, with the kebab oh, the, the, the Levant the chicken and stuff yeah. which is like a soy protein but um, er, even our beef you know kind of quarter pounder that we're putting yeah. on the mellow menu that's uh, made in, in house completely so we're in full control of all ingredients that go in and, and everything is well balanced that we do think that the freshness the, the fact that we make things in house is very good for us. We don't have to put any product in uh, that we don't know about, for example. And you've got a team who are, you've got chefs who've been with you for 20, 30 odd years or so, I guess, and there's a, an executive team who are always changing the menu and coming up with new additions. You've got your Californian uh, element going on there, haven't we, you? We, because I couldn't get to California, <laughs> so just purely I decided selfish. to do a California dreaming <laughs> summer menu, right? where I could just uh, close my eyes and think about beaches and <laughs> surfing and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, it's been amazing. We, we did this watermelon and passion fruit margaritas on the menu, which have sold unbelievably well. And then we've done these banana blossom tacos, which are you know kind of a copy of a fish taco. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a gluten-free batter made from the banana blossom and in these blue corn tortilla tacos. I mean, it, they're incredible. And we do like a... Um, a ceviche, a beetroot and passion fruit ceviche, 
and we do this like green goddess pizzetta, you know, with vegan cheese and uh, asparagus, avocado, anything green, pesto, everything's on there, we're just part of all these greens. And uh, it's been great, I think it's a good way to challenge people that have been coming to Nordics for years and, and been having the Sri Lankan curry for years can now try something else. And, and, our, and we've got amazing feedback from it, so yeah. that's really good. And I guess that's fun for the chefs as well, to be able to try new things and experiment. Yeah, I think, listen, every time I come in and suggest that we're doing a new menu, I think they all want to, you know, swear at me. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know, that's the business. As I say, you know, we've got to keep on challenging. We, you know, we can never really rest. Yes. You know, I mean, we've got to be innovative all the time. I'm just fortunate actually because what they don't realize is they're, they're brilliant, the team. Right. You know, I, I'm the one that's asking for stuff, but they're the ones that are delivering and they're brilliant. Yeah. You know? But you can only ask if you know your team are great to start with. Cause, exactly. So it's, uh, it's, it's exciting for you to be able to sort of set them those challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Absolutely. Okay, so I think I'm conscious of time. So I was just going to ask um, a reflective question, really. About, we talked about Russell and his, uh, his input and his mentoring for you. If you were now looking back at your, your sort of 20-year-old self, what would that piece of advice so if be? If I went back 20 yeah. years and didn't know that this year was coming. Yeah, well, let's forget. <laughs> yeah. I'd say be afraid, be very, very afraid. <laughs> if I could give advice to a 20-year-old me, yeah. I'd say, yeah. I'd say, I'd say, um, you'd be afraid, definitely. <laughs> I would say, always get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, I think, I think a comfort zone is dangerous. I think complacency is dangerous. I think you know, constantly trying to better yourself, constantly trying to do something different. That that's what I would say. Don't rest on your laurels. Um, you know, I would say work hard. Yes. Because in my, in my experience, hard work has paid off in some way or another. It might not be evident in that exact moment, but it is later on in life. I agree, totally. And, and then I would say to be kind in your, in your journey, you know, yeah. make it a good one. Um, sometimes uh, kindness is actually a better way in achieving what you want, you know, I think. Completely. So that, that would be my advice to a 20 year but yes, I think looking back when I was 20, I, you know, it was a bit more carefree, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now I look back at like, even at my kids and, and you know, I've got a 13 year old, 11 year old and a 6 year old and um, they're very young, but I look and I think like at what point does it click that they need to survive, you know, and, uh, and, and do something with their lives, you know, and, and like I, I was lucky enough to have those mentors in my life that that made that happen for me. Yeah. You know, um, so interesting. But equally, they grow up so quickly that you don't want them to not be children. So, ex exactly, 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 you know, exactly. Well, Sam, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it's pleasure. been fascinating. Pleasure. We, we love the Mildred brand. The fact that we can see it out of our window makes us even bigger fans. I could come here and watch them. I know, yeah, you I could, can, I can you? watch them from the window. Yeah. <laughs> find you some sites that we can talk about which I know is that uh, a lot of the BGP team are doing at the moment but um, I think it's uh, an exciting time for the brand and uh, yeah, we're, we're loving watching you well you'll um, invite you down to Mallow in Barrow Market and uh, yeah. you can uh, have the new Mildred's experience or new Mallow experience, Excellent. whatever you want to call it <laughs> well <laughs> Thanks, thank you Tracy. so much thank no you. problem, thank Great. you